I mean, it's so interesting to me how many times I hear people say, you know, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to do this thing. I'm trying to put this in place in my life, and I just can't seem to get it done. Like, I'm good for a couple of weeks, or I'm good for a couple of days, and then I just blow it. That there is this, that there is this sense that, that in all of us, we have a tremendous struggle uh, doing the things that we often really want to do, or that, and this may be key for us, that we know are good for us to do. That we have a tremendous struggle inside of ourselves to do the things that we know are good for us to do. And so as you know, we've been, we've been walking um, through the, the letter of Paul's letter to the Romans. And, and like I've said, it's a very, it's a very thick, theological difficult letter. There, there, there's lots going on there. There's lots to unpack behind it. Um, it, it, is not, it is not a simple thing. Of, you know, people often want to read the Bible and just have it speak to them. Um, for me, Romans is, is, is very complicated, um, which is good. It makes you think. It makes you try to, try to figure it out. It's also very challenging because he, he, Paul talks a lot about being that we have been enslaved to sin, but in Christ then we become enslaved to righteousness. And, and that language is, is very difficult for some people to hear. Um, and so, so as, as he walks through this, he keeps talking about the law, meaning for, for him as a Jewish man, the Torah and what is appropriate in terms of how you are in right relationship with God. Because the law was a, was a great gift um, to the Jewish people and to all people because it, it showed them exactly how to be in right relationship with God. Do this and you're in right relationship with God. But what happened was, and this is what Paul begins to talk about here, I think really in, in sort of the middle section of Romans, is that sin or evil took that good word, meaning, here, look, do these things and, and you'll be in right relationship with God, and it twisted them. Because it made it so that then people were very aware of when they didn't do those things, and they were also very aware of when other people didn't do those things. So it made it so that they would condemn themselves and then condemn others. And so sin, in a sense, as Paul writes in here, sin sort of takes the law, which, which was good, and twists it so that it becomes something destructive. And definitely, I think Jesus talks about this a lot, is that you know, you've basically taken the law, you've taken what God has given you as a gift, and you've twisted it into something that is not what it was intended to do. It was intended to bring you up to lift you up into this community of, of beauty, this community of care, this community of righteousness. But what it's done is, is, it's, is, it's, is it is, um, sin and evil has caused you to twist that into something that separates you from everybody else. And so then he goes into this very interesting section, and this is uh, it's Romans chapter 7. In the middle of Romans chapter 7, uh, he moves into this very different thing. He's not been writing in first person. If you're a writer, you know, first person is when you say I. But he, he hasn't been writing in first person at all. He's been writing to them. Been writing to them. 
And then he goes into Romans chapter 7, and this, uh, this is a different version uh, than what we often use. This is called the voice version. So it's, so it's written, it's just, it's just written a little, bit, a little bit differently. I think it's a good faithful translation, but it's, but it's written just a little bit differently. And so I, I, want you to, I want you to hear this from Romans chapter 7. It begins with verse 15. If you want to pull it up on a, on a phone or, or something so you can look at it in a different version, please do that. Listen, I can't explain my actions. Here's why. I'm not able to do the things I want And at the same time, I do the things I despise. If I am doing the things I have already decided not to do, I am agreeing with the law regarding what is good. But now I am no longer the one acting. I've lost control. Sin has taken up residence in me and is wreaking havoc. I know that in me, that is, in my fallen human nature, there is nothing good. I can will myself to do something good, but that does not help me carry it out. I can determine that I am going to do good, but I don't do it. Instead, I end up living out the evil that I decided not to do. If I end up doing the exact thing I pledged not to do, I am no longer doing it because sin has taken up residence in me. Here's an important principle I've discovered. Regardless of my desire to do the right thing, it is clear that evil is never far away. For deep down, I am in happy agreement with God's law. But the rest of me does not concur. I see a very different principle at work in my bodily members, and it is at war with my mind. I've become a prisoner in this war to the rule of sin in my body. I am absolutely miserable. Is there anyone who can free me from this body where sin and death reign so supremely? I am thankful to God for the freedom that comes through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So on the one hand, I devotedly serve God's law with my mind, but on the other hand, with my flesh, I serve the principle of sin. I just find that absolutely fascinating. Because I don't know about you, but in many ways, this happens inside of me all the time. Just this morning, I woke up, I put my feet on the floor, and immediately my mind is going, you are not prepared for this sermon. You are not ready to do what you need to do today. These people pay you good money to do that. Right? I'm already at war with myself. And it was a tug of war to get that voice to just calm down a little bit. You know, what? Is it really true, number one? Is, it, what, is this really helpful? No. What, what is it? You know, what is it that we're trying to do here? You know, all these sorts of things. Like, I, I mean, I had to go do my meditation. I had to do my workout. I had to get back in the scripture. I, you know, just all this stuff. Because it, it was, you know, it was a real tug of war. And so there's this, there's this sense that I'm at war with myself. Just to get out of bed in the morning and start going to do what I, what, what I think I need to be doing that day. 
And that's just a personal example. You know, I mean, it could be, you know, the, the dieter's dilemma, you know, like, what? like oh, okay, well, I'm really, I'm really not supposed to be eating um, cupcakes and, um, you know, whatever shakes at McDonald's, but, you know, there's one in every corner, and, and I'm sure that the economy needs some help, so why don't I just go ahead and do that, you know? I mean, I mean, there's just all kinds of those things. We, we talk about how we struggle, and, and it's a multi, multi-billion dollar industry. People helping people. I mean, I do coaching as part of, of what I do, and so I'm always trying to help people frame up how they move into that new thing how they move into that new thing. And so in some sense, I'm really thankful for this war we've got going on. I mean, people pay me to help them do that. Right? I, but I want them to get better, you know? But what I find interesting here is that, is that Paul almost, if you, if, if you listen to it closely, Paul almost gives us a free pass. It's really interesting. Because he's like, well, it, you know, sin made me do it. Evil made me do it. It's all, I mean, if you, if you read it the right way and you, wanted to, and you wanted to just give yourself right off the hook, you could just do that, I think. I don't think that's how you ought to read it, but I just, I think, I mean, it's really interesting to me. That really hit me very strongly, that if you, if you listen to this in a certain way, it feels like, well, evil's always at hand, so as long as I intend to do good, it doesn't really matter what I do. And that's been one of the arguments all the way through this letter. Is, since grace is a free gift, and we know that God's grace abounds even when we are broken, even when we are at war with ourselves, even when we don't do the right thing, do we just continue not doing the right thing? And every single time Paul says, no. No. That there's this interesting paradox between we are set free and you need to forgive yourself for these things and yet you are being drawn into this new life, this new way of being that God has set in front of you, that God desires for the world, which is called shalom, which is Shalom means wholeness and peace. Not just peace, not just peace within nations or, or not fighting or no violence. Yes, it includes that, but a wholeness that everyone would be whole and complete in themselves. That, that ultimately that, that you and I would know how valued and how valuable we are even in the midst of our brokenness. And that then we would bring that out into the community and into the world so that every person could see how valued and how valuable that they are in the sight of God. That it isn't just, well, I can just go do what I want and God's grace will abound. It's no, you are called into something different. You have been set free from this slavery to sin, from this being, you know, from, from, from death, from from all of that, and you are set free then into righteousness. That something about your identity has been changed in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. And here's the crazy thing, even if you don't feel like it. I mean, I think that's what's so hard for, for so many people who, who, 
Um, when, you, when you talk to somebody who's a person of faith, I mean, there is this faith part of it. I mean, you've got to jump off the cliff and you go, okay, I trust this. But it doesn't always make sense. And we've been trying to make it make sense for 2,000 years. But there's always going to be this piece of it that is a mystery, that is a paradox. And that's beautiful because inside of us we know that there is brokenness and there is hurt and there is anger and there all those things. But we also know that in the good news of the gospel that there is wholeness and there is freedom. There is the ability to move beyond that and even in the midst of our brokenness to do amazing and beautiful things in the name of God. And so our actions can be transformed. Our actions can be transformed through that free gift of grace that comes in Jesus Christ. That we do not need to be held back by the fact that we are not somehow perfect because perfection is not what God's looking for. God's looking for shalom, wholeness. We don't have to be held back by that perfection. When you begin to hear this message and it begins to permeate you, it humbles you. Because there, there is a point at which, and Paul writes about it here a little bit in a different version where, where he talks about, I can will to do this all I want. But evil is always close at hand. For me, it's, incredibly freeing to know that it doesn't just depend on my willpower to get my act together. That God's Spirit is in and with all of that, already redeeming it, already already setting me free from all the things that I'm going to screw up and helping me to begin, even in the midst of that, to do the things in God's name that will create shalom in my life and in the life of others. And personally, I think there's something a little bit, a little bit freeing about knowing that in the midst of the sinful and broken world, in the midst of all that isn't good, in the midst of all the ways that people choose the wrong thing, that God is somehow in the midst of that redeeming it giving us a new vision of how things can be and how things are in God. And that we then cling to that hope and begin to live into, that, into his kingdom of shalom now as much as we can, beginning with ourselves and into our families and out in our communities, and then knowing that there is going to come a day when God is going to redeem it all, and set it all right. That all of the hurts, all of the ways we've, we've done violence to each other are going to be healed and redeemed and set right in the name of God. But until that time, <laughs> we're probably going to struggle. Because like he says, that... As he, as he calls it, and it feels like a dualism to us, right? Because Paul talks about flesh and, flesh and spirit, 
flesh and spirit, like they're, like they're opposed to each other. And, and I'll talk about that in, in a couple sermons down the road here about how that's not really true, but that's how he talks about it because it just makes it easy. It's easy to talk about black and white. It's easy to talk about this and that. And so that's how Paul does it. But, but really, they're, they're still a unified whole. But, but he says, but in, you know, in our inner being, we're, we're still bound in some ways to sin. In that, in that human nature, as, as Paul would say it. But yet that human nature is still made in the image of God. And that human nature has been redeemed in Jesus. And so again, that's the paradox. And so I know that this isn't easy. And that's what I, the book of Romans makes you just think and think and think. The other part of this that is so heartening is that, just to remember that we're not in this alone, ever. That it isn't just up to us to, to fix ourselves. That actually we probably ought to sort of in some ways give that up. But that we ought to let the Spirit guide us in being healed. Not that we don't put plans in place to not eat as many cookies or cakes or, or, to, or to try to run more or to try to be healthy or to try to be more loving or all of those sorts of things. But to know that we, have a, we always have a partner in that and that that partner is always seeking our, our wholeness and the wholeness of the whole earth. And that ought to hearten us even in the midst of the times when we know that we are doing the stupid stuff that we do to ourselves all the time. And so as Paul says in Romans chapter 12, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you might know what is the will of God, what is good and right and what is perfect. And I would say what leads to shalom. So may your mind be transformed on this day to see your actions transformed in light of the resurrection, to know that this war you've got going on, you have a partner in and with, that God is seeking for the wholeness, your wholeness and the wholeness of everything and actually has already done it in Jesus. And that is what we as the community of Christ are to represent. Amen.